Shabbat Shalom. If our gentlemen will gather uh, for the dawning of the Talitot. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to wrap ourselves in tzitzit. Amen. We want to welcome everyone to Congregation Maim Chaim, the Eastern Shores Messianic Synagogue. We are excited that you are here with us today, whether it's in person or joining us online via our live stream. We pray that our service this morning is a blessing to each and every one of you as we continue to move through a brand new year, rolling through the cycle of the, uh, the Torah readings. Uh, it is always exciting to be at this point and to watch the development of the nation of Israel as we make our way towards Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the next several weeks uh, of our Parshot. Um, and so uh, we want to uh, encourage you to please make sure that you join us either in person or online, preferably in person because we love to see you guys uh, and to watch your faces and worship with you in person. Uh, but we are excited either way that you are with us uh, as we move through. Uh, we have a lot going on over the next several months leading up to Hanukkah, dealing with the building, hopefully making progress there. Our new roof will go on this week, which is really exciting. Um, and, uh, and then hopefully shortly thereafter, everything else will start falling in place for the interior to get dealt with. And, uh, and hopefully we'll be back in there before we know it. Uh, with that said, I want to ask everyone to uh, stand for a moment and join me as we open our service with prayer and then get ready to hand things off to Diane for our liturgy today. Avrahamim, Father of mercies, we worship you, we love you, and we adore you. Lord, we thank you for your Shabbat. Father, we recognize that the Shabbat is not a Jewish feast, it is not a Jewish uh, celebration, but rather it is a biblical reality. It is something that you did not just declare in the, uh, uh, the Aseret Hadith wrote the Ten Words of the Ten Commandments, in Exodus, it is not something that just popped on the scene in Leviticus 23, but it was something that was a part of your order of creation from the foundations. Father, as we recognize that we get the opportunity to stop from our ordinary daily work and everything going on in life and join with you in resting in your presence on your holy Shabbat. Lord, I pray that as we enter into worship before you, that your Shekhinah, your divine glory will be in our midst, that your presence would be known. Father, that your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, will flow mightily and powerfully in our midst. I ask that everyone in the nearby vicinity, driving by, working, living nearby, even the kids at the basketball workshop on the other side of the property here at Eastern Shore, that they will uh, recognize that the power and the glory of the living God of all creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true and only God, is here and is in this place and will be drawn in to encounter you. Father, I pray that you prepare our hearts even now as we speak to approach you with a humble heart in worship this morning, giving you our all from the very beginning of a liturgical service all the way through the music and the message and everything else, that we will be totally invested in worshiping and encountering you today. B'Shem Yeshua Meshachinu. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. And everyone says, Amen and Amen. Everyone will please rise. 
How lovely are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. O Lord, through your abundant kindness, I will enter your house. In all, I will bow down toward your holy sanctuary. Barku et Adonai, Baruch Adonai, Leolaham va'ed. Bless the Lord, the Blessed One. Blessed is the Lord, the Blessed One, for all eternity. Baruch Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Asher Natan Lano Ederech HaYeshua, B'Mashiach Yeshua. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. Amen. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing the Shabbat throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel. For six days Adonai made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested from his work and was refreshed. Oh, 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 oh,
But the Pharisees, when they heard that Yeshua had silenced the Sadducees, gathered together in one place, and testing him, one of them, a lawyer, asked, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the Torah? And Yeshua said to him, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And speak of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you retire, and when you arise. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and upon your gates. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The entire Torah and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today, amen. amen. Nice to see your smiling faces. Good to be here to worship our Father and our King, amen. Praise Him with this song. Hallelujah. 
strength and beauty be unto your name, ancient of days, your holy. We tremble before your throne, our hearts declare you roam. We come and adore.
continue to move, Father. Continue to speak. Continue to have your way in this place today. We, we surrender, Father. We bend our knee and we bow our hearts before you. And we give you glory and honor and praise. In Yeshua's name. Rafaeno Adonai Venerafe Poshieno Venevashea Kiti Hilateno Ata Vaha Ale Rafua Shala Amala Cholmakutenu Ki Amelech Rafene Aman Verachamanata Baruchata Adonai Rafe Tole Amo Yisrael Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Save us, and we shall be saved, for the one we praise is you. Bring complete healing for all our sicknesses, O God. For you are our faithful and compassionate healer and king. Blessed are you, O Lord, the healer of the sick of Israel. At this time, it is, it is time to lift up the names of those that you know that have asked you for prayer. It's time to lift up the names of those that you know that are in need of healing. Those that are in need of deliverance from strongholds. Those that are in need of hope and truth who need to find his peace, the peace that passes all understanding given any circumstance. Free those from bondage, those that have the battlefields within their mind, that see the truth but are trying to get through the fog to get to the, their destination. I ask you to lift up those that are in need of salvation and that there are people put in place that will pour into those that are lost. We will lift up their names now that we may intercede as a mishpacha, as our spiritual family. Father of mercies. Lord, we thank you that we are able to approach your throne and to beseech you on behalf of uh, our own needs and the needs of those that we love and encounter. Father, I pray that each and every name that is lifted up before you this morning and all of those that may have slipped our minds today, that you will move mightily and powerfully in their lives, that they will encounter your divine touch and they will experience your healing and restoration. Lord, I pray through the work that you are doing in their lives that many will begin to see the truth of your salvation, the truth of your uh, active reality in our lives. And Father, that many will come to know Yeshua HaMashiach. B'Shem Yeshua Meshachinu, in the name of Yeshua our Messiah we pray. Amen. Y'all please stand with me so we can continue to worship the liturgical prayer. Aleno la shabai akla adon ha kol la teit karla le yotzer bereshit shelo asano koge ye ha aratzot velo hasamanu kebish pakota adama shelo samchachenu kahem vago haraleno kecha ha amonam 
ואנחנו קוראים ומשתחווים ומודים לפני מלך מלכי החלקים הקדוש ברוך שהוא נוטה שמיים ויוסר הארץ ומושב יקר ובשמיים ממעל ושכינת עוזו ושכינת עוזו בגב הם מרומים הוא אלוהינו אין עוד אמת מלכנו אפס עולתו קרקע עטוב בתורתו וידעת היום וידעת היום והשבות אליו אבחם כי אדוני הוא האלוהים בשמיים ממעל והארץ והארץ מתחת אין און אין עוד ונאמר והיה אדוני למלך הארץ ביום ההוא ביום ההוא יהיה אדוני אחד ושמו 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 אחד. It is our duty to praise the master of all to ascribe greatness to the author of creation. For he made us unlike the nations of the lands and has not placed us like the families of the earth. He has not made our portion like theirs and our lot like all their multitudes. And we bend the knee and bow and acknowledge our thanks before the King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be he. He stretches out heaven and establishes earth's foundations and the seed of his glory is in the heavens above. and the presence of his power is in the most exalted heights. He is our God, there is none other. True is our King, there is nothing beside him. As it is written in his Torah, and you shall know this day and take to your heart that the Lord, he is God, in the heavens above and on the earth below, there is none other. And it is said, the Lord shall be King over all the world. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. אדון עולם אשר מלך בטרם כל יציר נברא לעת נאסוף בכף זו כל אזי מלך שמו נקרא ואחרי לקלוט הכל לבדו ימלוך נורא והוא היה והוא הווה והוא יהיה בתפארה והוא אחד ואין שאני להמשילו להכבירה בלי ראשית בלי תכלית ולא העוס והמשרה והוא אלי וחי הגואלי וצור כבלי בעת זהרה והוא נשיא ומנוס לי מנת כוסי ביום אחרה בהדו אפקיד רוחי ואתי שר ואירה ואם רוחי גביעתי אדונה לי ולא אירה 
master of the universe who reigned before any form was created, when creation came about by his will, then as king was his name proclaimed to be. And after all has ceased to be, he alone will reign in awesomeness. And he was, and he is, and he shall be forever in splendor. And he is first, and there is no second to compare to him, to be his equal, without beginning and without end, his is the power and dominion. And he is my God, my living redeemer, and the rock of my pain in times of trouble. And he is my banner and a refuge for me, the portion of my cup in the day I call upon him. In his hands I entrust my spirit in the time I sleep or am awake. And with my spirit, my body, the Lord is with me. I shall not fear. Please remain standing if you are in mourning or if this week marks the year anniversary of the death of a loved one. Please join me in singing the Mourner's Kaddish. Yit kadaha ve yit kadashame raba ve alman de verach yurote va yamlich makote vachayechon of yomechon uvchayedecho bet Israel ba agala ba agala uvisma anka ariv ve emru amen yeheshme raba mevara Le alumud al me amaya yit barach yit barach ve ishtabach ve it paar ve it ramam ve it nasay ve it hadar ve it ale ve it halal shemedukatshabrechu le elamin kol birchata ve shirata tush bechata ve nechemata da ami iram be ama. Ve emru amen. Yihihe shalom arabamin. Shemaya vachayim aleinu. Ve al kol Yisrael. Ve emru, ve emru amen. Oho se shalom bimromav. Huya ase shalom aleinu. Ve al kol Yisrael. Ve emru. Magnified and sanctified be his great name in the world which he has created according to his will. May he establish his kingdom during your life and during your days and during the life of the whole house of Israel, even swiftly and soon, and say amen. Let his great name be blessed forever and to all eternity, blessed and praised, glorified and exalted, extolled and honored, magnified and lauded, be the name of the Holy One, blessed be he. Though he be high above all the blessings and songs, praises and consolations which are ever uttered in the world, and say, Amen. May he who makes peace in his high places make peace upon us and upon all Israel, and say, Amen.
We'd like to ask you to please extend your hands toward the children who are scattered about as we say a special blessing over them today. Over our boys, we say, Go ahead. Elohim, Over our girls, Yesemech Elohim, Kesara, Rivcha, Rachel, Velea. Shalom. May the Lord make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. May the Lord make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Avrahamim, Father of mercies, we thank you, Lord, for the children in our congregation, for the opportunity you give us to be able to not only minister to them, but also to be able to live an example of a godly life before them. Father, I thank you for their parents and their grandparents that are active in their lives and uh, are uh, walking with them and teaching them how to walk in your ways. And Lord, I thank you for the anointing that you have already placed upon each and every one of them. And I ask that you help them develop and grow in their anointing in you. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. And everyone says, Amen, amen and Amen. All right, so at this time we are going to uh, pause and do something a little different. Uh, as you guys know, we have a very intentional membership process here at Congregation Maim Chaim, and our membership process isn't for the purpose or the goal of adding people to a, uh, a tick mark list or anything like that. Our goal is to get our mishpacha plugged into the ministry and the works of this congregation because our desire is that each and every one of us have gifts and callings, have special anointings on our lives, and we want to see each and every one of you uh, operate in those gifts and anointings as the Lord has call, uh, led you to, to do so in 
in this congregation and the congregation that you are part of that you have made as home. And so uh, this morning we are going to actually welcome in two new members, Stan and Jan, if you guys will go ahead and make your way up. Uh, Lynn, John, Stephanie, Danielle, if you guys will come up for a moment. We're going to go ahead and welcome Stan and Jan in uh, today as full members of Congregation Maim Chaim. Uh, they went through our last membership uh, uh, class cycle with us. Uh, Stan and Jan have been with us here at CMC for, what, about eight or nine months now. Uh, and so we're really excited to see them plug in and get active and involved in the congregation. I know they are very excited and, and uh, ready to get plugged in. So we're going to go ahead and do what's called a smicha, a laying on of hands uh, as new members. And we're going to pray over them uh, both as new members. So if you guys will please extend your hands towards Stan and Jan. Abraham, Father of mercies, we worship you, Lord. I thank you for Stan and Jan. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for bringing them to CMC and for putting a burden on their heart to become a part of this congregation and to plug in deeper. Lord, I ask that you will uh, continue to encourage them, to uplift them, that you will uh, direct them as they take part in various ministry aspects of the congregation. Father, I pray that you will uh, uh, give them many opportunities to shine the example of Messiah before not only those in our congregation, but outside of as well. Lord, I pray that you will place a special anointing of your Ruach upon them, that the gifts, talents, and, and calling anointing that you've already placed upon them will begin to flourish in this community, flourish in this congregation, and that they will be not only a blessing to the congregation, but that we as a community will be a blessing to them as well. B'Shem Yeshua Meshachinu, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray. Amen. And if everyone will please rise, Stan is going to come and carry the Torah this morning. One of the perks of membership, uh, not really a perk, but an opportunity to take part in the blessing of, is that uh, you get to take part in carrying the Torah scroll. And so this will be Stan's first time getting to carry the Torah scroll here at Maim Chaim. Baruchan Torah Torah Baruchan Torah Torah Ve'amo Yisrael Bekedushato Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Echad Eloheinu Gadol Adonainu Kadoshemo Garur Adonai Tzi Umemo Memo Shemo Yachdav 
When the ark would travel, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered, and let them that hate you flee from before you. For from Zion will go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in his holiness gave the Torah to his people, Israel. Hear Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. One is our God, great is our Lord, holy is his name. Magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together.
this table, I got to watch how I set the Torah school down because I got my talis hung up in it. <laughs> so here at Congregation Maim Chaim, we have a uh, unique tradition where e each week before we open up the Torah scroll, as a community, we read from Exodus 19, verses 16 through 19, what we call the Sinai experience, where the nation of Israel stood at the base of Mount Sinai. They saw the presence of God descend in fire upon the mountain, and they heard the audible voice of the Lord speak forth the Aseret Hadibrot, the ten words of the ten commandments. Uh, the passage tells us that predicating the voice of the Lord came forth the sound of a heavenly shofar blast that grabbed a hold of the hearts and the minds of the nation of Israel in preparation for hearing the voice of the Lord. And here at Congregation Maim Chaim, we believe fervently that we serve a God who is alive and well. We believe that we serve a God who speaks to us as much today as he ever has in the history of creation. And that one of the primary ways he speaks to us is through his word. So we believe that each and every time we open up the word of God, we should be expecting to hear the audible voice of the Lord speak forth from the pages that we are reading. We should be expecting to hear the voice of God speak into our hearts and our lives out of his word. So as we prepare to read from the Parsha each week, we read this passage to remind ourselves of what our forefathers experienced at Mount Sinai, and then we blast this shofar in commemoration and memorialization of what they experienced, but also in preparation of our hearts and our minds for the voice of the Lord about to come forth from his word. Amen? If you'll join with me, in the morning of the third day, there was thundering and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the blast of an exceedingly loud shofar. All the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the lowest part of the mountain. Now the entire Mount Sinai was in smoke because Adonai had descended upon it in fire. The smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. The whole mountain quaked greatly. When the sound of the shofar grew louder and louder, Moses spoke. And God answered him with a thunderous sound. Bless the Lord, the Blessed One. Blessed is the Lord, the Blessed One, for all eternity. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all peoples and given us his Torah. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the Torah. Amen. This week we read Parsha Noach from uh, Genesis 6, 9 through 11, 32. In Hebrew we read, Elei todot noach, noach ish zarich, tamim haya bedorotav et ha-elohim. Hata halech noach ve'yaled noach shelosha benaim et shem et cham ve'et yafet. These are the genealogies of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among his generation. 
Noah continually walked with God. Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was ruined before God, and the earth had, uh, filled, was filled with violence. God saw the earth, and behold, it was ruined because of all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh is coming before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Behold, I am about to bring ruin upon them along with the land. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with compartments and smear pitch on it, both inside and out. Now, this is how you shall make the ark. It, the length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and the height, uh, 30 cubits. You shall make a roof for the ark, and you shall finish it with to, to within a cubit from the top. You shall put the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third stories. Now I am about to bring the flood water upon the land to destroy all flesh in which the spirit of life from under the sky. Uh, everything that is on the land will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you. So you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wives, and your sons' wives with you. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Asher Natan Lanu Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the Torah of truth and has planted eternal life in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the Torah. Amen. This is the Torah that Moses placed before the sons of Israel at the command of Adonai by the hand of Moses. Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who selected good prophets and was pleased with their words, which were spoken truthfully. Blessed are you, O Lord, who chooses the Torah, your servant Moses, your people Israel, and prophets of truth and righteousness. From Isaiah chapter 54, Sing, barren one who has not given birth, burst into singing and shout, you who have not travailed, 
For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married one, says Adonai. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tabernacle court curtains. Do not hold back, lengthen your cord, uh, your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right hand and to the left. Your offspring will possess the nations and will resettle the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed, nor cringe, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will remember the reproach of your widowhood no more. For your maker is your husband, Adonai Tzavot is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He will be called God of all the earth. For Adonai has called you back like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of one's youth that is rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you, but I will regather you with great compassion. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says Adonai, your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I swore that the waters of Noah should no more cover the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor will I rebuke you. Though the mountains depart and the hills be shaken, my love will not depart from you. Nor will my covenant of peace be shaken, says Adonai, who has compassion on you. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, rock of all eternities, faithful in all generations, a trustworthy God, who says and does, who speaks and makes it come to pass, all of whose words are true and righteous. Faithful are you, O Lord our God, and faithful are your words, for not one word of yours is turned back unfulfilled, for you are a faithful and compassionate God and King. Blessed are you, O Lord, the, King, the God who is faithful in all his words. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has given us Messiah Yeshua and the commandments of the new covenant. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the new covenant. Amen. From Matthew 17, after six days, Yeshua takes, Yeshua takes with him Peter, Jacob, and John, his brother, and brings them up a high mountain by themselves. Now, he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them. Talking with Yeshua, Peter responded to Yeshua, Master, it's good for you to be here. If you wish, I will make three Sukkot here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice from out of the cloud saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down, terrified. But Yeshua came and touched them. Get up, he said. Stop being afraid. And lifting their eyes, they saw no one except Yeshua alone. And they were coming down from the mountain. Yeshua commanded them, saying, Do not tell anyone about the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the word of truth and has planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the new covenant. Amen. And if you will please rise as we prepare to return the Torah back to the ark. And when it rested, Moses would say, Return, Adonai, to the tens of thousands of the families of Israel. Arise, Adonai, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Etzraim, <laughs> 
Shalom Hashim Veinu Adonai Elechua Veinashuamam Kodesh Kodesh Yameinu Kodesh Yameinu Kekedem It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, O Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old. Amen. this time the children are dismissed to head to Shabbat school. Still a few minutes till morning is over. I'm Rabbi David, and I'd like to thank you so much for worshiping with us at CMC this morning. Each week we take a few minutes and worship God through our giving and generosity. And as we prepare to receive our tzedakah today, I want to share a quick thought with you about giving. Giving is uh, never and should never be about guilt. In the past, the body of Messiah has done an excellent job at guilting people into giving. I want you to know that this synagogue will never be about that. Here's why. Guilt makes people bitter, not better. We want something for you, not just something from you. We want you to experience the life that Yeshua promised in John 10.10, where he says, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. We refuse to mo motivate through guilt. Instead, we, we want to focus on God's grace. The reason we give isn't to keep God from getting mad at us, it's because we're so thankful for what he has already done for us. Yeshua willingly laid his life down on the execution stake so that we can experience life and life abundantly. Let's give out of gratitude today. Let's give out of an understanding of God's grace. Let's give out of the overflow of the grace in our lives. And let's give so that we may have life abundantly. I know many of you have already given online, and for that we say thank you very much. If you haven't given uh, your tithes and offering already, or if you feel led to give more, we encourage you to take out your smartphones, open a new text message, and enter the number 251-278-2424, and send the word give, then follow the prompting to give via text, or you can give online through our website at shalomeasternshore.com forward slash donate, and then as always, we have uh, Sadaka envelopes in the back of the room over here, and our Sadaka box over there. You can fill out the Sadaka envelope, put your, your giving in there, and drop that in the Sadaka box uh, uh, as well. With that said, we do like to say a special blessing over our community with regards to our tithes and offering. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who commanded us and made promises to us concerning the tithe and the offering. Abraham, Father of mercies, we worship you, Lord. 
We thank you that you have, in fact, met our needs above and beyond our imagination. Father, we thank you that you have given us so much, and we desire to give back to you, not because we feel like we have to, not because there's uh, some sort of weight on our shoulders if we don't, not because somebody's going to tap us on the shoulder and wag a finger at us or send us a nasty email this week because we didn't give. But, Father, we want to give to you because we love you and we are thankful for everything you have done for us. Lord, I pray your anointing and your blessing over each and every dollar that is brought in to the synagogue this week. Father, I pray that you will move mightily and powerfully upon it and bring it into increase, even above what anyone here meant for it to be, thought for it to be, that you will miraculously grow uh, the offering that is brought in today. Father, I pray that you continue to give our leadership wisdom uh, in stewarding the resources you bring into this congregation and that we will continue to be able to be a blessing not only to those in our congregation, but to the greater community around us. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray and everyone says, Amen and Amen. And with that said, we want to give everyone a couple of minutes to wander about and say Shabbat Shalom to each other. As you begin to hear the music die down, please make your way back to your seats so you do not miss the announcements and the message.
Shabbat Shalom. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The announcements are about to begin. Again, please take your seats. The announcements are about to begin. Shabbat Shalom Mishpacha, and welcome to Congregation Maim Chaim, the Eastern Shores Messianic Synagogue. And thank you for worshiping with us this Shabbat. We especially want to thank all of our first-time visitors for joining with us today and encourage you to please take a moment and fill out a visitor card and leave it behind with us so we can keep you up to date with everything happening at CMC. With us meeting here at Eastern Shore Baptist Church for the foreseeable future, we need assistance with setup and breakdown each week. If you are willing and able to help, please talk to Rabbi David after service. This is a very important part of making our services possible each and every week, and it is a task that needs more hands involved. Mishwacha. Our next round of our membership class will begin on November 7th after service and will run for four consecutive Shabbats. Please see Rebbitz and Danielle to sign up for this round as soon as possible so we know exactly how many people to expect in class. Teens and young adults, listen up. Youth group will return tonight at 6 p.m. We are so excited to get together with our youth group again and to further our viewing and in-depth discussion of The Chosen. While we are unable to meet at CMC, we will instead be gathering at the Tokager home. Please see Rabbi David and Danielle or Philip and Holly if you have any questions at all. Gentlemen, Torah on Tap will resume on Sunday, November 8th at 4 p.m. We look forward to gathering together again with the gentlemen of CMC for Torah on Tap for opportunities to build each other up, fellowship, further relationship, and grow together as the men of this congregation. Bible study will resume on Tuesday, November the 3rd. We can't wait to jump back into Paul's pastoral letters with you in just a few weeks. We will let you know next week exactly where we will be hosting our community Bible study until we're back in our own building. Now that we've moved through the High Holy Days, we have Hanukkah right around the corner. We will be hosting our annual public menorah lighting on Thursday, December 17th at 6.30 p.m. at Daphne City Hall. Please begin to spread the word now and please let Danielle know if you are willing to serve on our team for the menorah lighting this year. And our congregational Hanukkah party will be on Saturday evening, December 12th at 6.30 p.m. We will let you know exactly where we will be holding the Hanukkah party very soon, but go ahead and put the party down on your calendar so you don't miss out. We do ask you to continue to pray for Congregation Maim Chaim as we navigate our way through the restoration process of the synagogue from the damage Hurricane Sally left behind. We have a long road ahead of us, but God has been amazingly faithful, not only in providing awesome contractors, but also with many in the Messianic Jewish movement who have come alongside us in support during this time. Even more so, he has shown great favor in providing us with amazing relationships in the body of Messiah all over the area. One such relationship has afforded us this amazing home away from home in the chapel at Eastern Shore Baptist Church. 
For all other announcements and to keep up to date with CMC, please visit ShalomEasternShore.com and our social media regularly. As always, please feel free to contact us at info at ShalomEasternShore.com if you have any questions. David and Rebitz and Danielle would like to join me. Learned a long time ago not to volunteer for anything you don't know about, so what are we joining for? Noah. <laughs> I'm not used to winging everything. I always have a script before me, so if y'all will forgive me if I stutter and get a little lost and confused here. Um, this is October. This is Clergy Appreciation Month, which you guys probably already know. Um, we want to be able to say thank you, and not just the with words, because we say thank you all the time. But we want to show and say thank you with something material, with our actions, not just our words. Rabbi Daniel, or Rabbi, <laughs> excuse me, Danielle and David, they <laughs> They do so much for us that we don't see or often recognize. Not only are they here with this visible that goes on, they are there for us in the middle of the night when we have crises. Uh, we can go to them at any time and reach out to them with our problems. And at any time that we ask for prayer, they are always there. I know beyond anything that my rabbi and my rabbitson are always interceding on our behalf. They have worked tirelessly with the hurricane damage, with working on that building, with getting us here. They counsel, do Bible study. I'm going to forget my whole list because I had a whole long list of everything that they do for us. I mean, there is so much. Um, we wish we could give you the world. We wish that we could make all your hopes and dreams come true but we can't <laughs> but we can give you guys this because we know that you guys are about to embark on another vacation that is going to be fun I wish I could go um, but we wanted to give you this in order to help you out on your trip there are there's financial donations in here there are love letters in here there are gift cards in here uh, we wanted to stock your freezer, but we were kind of finding some, some difficulties in doing that. So, from your congregation, from you guys, thank you. Fortune over that. Thank you, guys. We are equally, if not more so, thankful for you guys. Uh, and appreciative of you because we wouldn't have anything to do if you weren't here. So, uh, <laughs> so thank you guys uh, for blessing us and for uh, for remembering Clergy Appreciation Month. Um, and uh, I, I've always been weirded out by trying to like remind people that it is that. So I try not to because it just seems self-serving and weird. Um, <laughs> but it is definitely also uh, always a blessing. 
uh, when when you guys do, and to know that uh, as much as we appreciate and love you guys, that you guys love us as well. So thank you guys very much for the blessing and for being in our lives, not just for being a part of the congregation, but for being in our lives. We love you guys, and we are uh, more than blessed and more than honored to not only be the rabbi and rabbis in here, but, but to be a part of your lives. And with that said, we are going to roll into the message. Abraham, Father of mercies, we worship you, we love you, and we adore you. Father, we thank you for uh, this opportunity for us to gather together and to dig into your word, this opportunity for you to speak into our hearts and our lives as we are united as one in your Ruach HaKodesh and your Holy Spirit. Father, that you will speak boldly into our lives today. I pray that you will use me as a vessel for you to move, to speak, and to breathe new life into us, that nothing in me will be involved except that which you have ordained specifically for this purpose. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray, and everyone says, Amen and Amen. So, this week we are in Parsha Noach, uh, which is Genesis 6, not... That was fun. Genesis 6, 9 uh, uh, through 11, 32. Uh, our Parsha begins with these words from Genesis 6, 9 through 12. These are the genealogies of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among his generation. Noah continually walked with God. Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was ruined before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God saw the earth, and behold, it was ruined because all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Um, it, my prayer, my heart's desire, and this is stepping away from the notes for a moment, my prayer and my heart's desire for each and every one of us is that the Lord will speak these words over us, particularly verse 9, not verse 11. But says, these are the genealogies of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among his generation. Noah continually walked with God. Think about this for a moment. We are only six chapters into the Torah and only three chapters in from the fall of Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve. And humanity is already so consumed with the Yetzer Hara, the evil intention or evil inclination, that God is ready to completely wipe the slate clean and start fresh with Noah. The one and only person found on the face of, of creation who is walking in righteousness. It's crazy to think just how rapidly we allowed things to spin out of control. And as I was reading through to Parsha this week, I'm thinking about the message. I kind of had this, I mean, you guys know me. I'm kind of random and, and out there sometimes. But I kind of had this picture that uh, Parsha Noach, particularly the beginning of Parsha Noach with the flood and, and the ark, is uh, it's kind of like, you know, God is our Father, our Heavenly Father, right? And I kind of got this picture of me going into my kids' rooms when they're a train wreck, which ha happens a lot. But I go into their kids' room when it's a train wreck, and I've asked them to clean it, and they don't clean it. And I go, okay, you know what? You didn't want to do what, you said, what we asked you to do, so we're just going to take everything and throw it all away and be done with it. And <laughs> I know it's horrible to think of, but that's kind of the way this came across to me as I was reading the Parsha this week, was it was God saying, okay, look, I'm done with it. Everything's a mess. Uh, I'm just going to start fresh. We're going to throw everything out, and we're going to start fresh. Obviously, it's not really how it played out, but that's how it played out in my head this week. Now, historically, it is obvious that there are hundreds of years that pass by the time we get to Noah and the flood. In fact, Noah was 600 years old when he entered the ark, 
and it was sealed up behind them. So clearly this wasn't quite as rapid of a decline as we picture when we are reading through Bereshit or Genesis. Keep in mind, Moses wrote the Torah, Genesis through Deuteronomy, for the nation of Israel to relay the history of the development of the people of Israel and their calling. He wasn't writing it specifically as a historical document to relay all of the details of, the, uh, of all of the history of humanity, albeit that is a part of it. So there is a reason why the Torah uh, sort of blasts through the history of creation through Jacob and his family entering into Egypt. And ultimately that purpose, aside from the history of the development of Israel, is the history of the development of the seed of Abraham that would bring about salvation through the Jews to the nations. With that said, we are going to actually focus on the latter part of our Torah Parsha this week, particularly Genesis 11 through 9. Uh, Genesis 11, verse 1 through 9, and the Migdal Bavel, or the Tower of Babel, uh, and the cost and benefits of unity, and particularly the costs and benefits of the root in which we find unity. The Merriam-Webster's dictionary, uh, Dictionary's definition of unity is as follows. First, the quality or state of not being multiple— Oneness. Two, a condition of harmony uh, to, to be in one accord, not the Honda variety. Uh, and then B of that is continuity without deviation or change, as in purpose or action. Three, the quality or state of being made one, unification. Four, a totality of related parts, an entity that is a complex or systematic whole. Genesis 11, verse 1 uh, through 9 says, Now the entire earth had the same language with the same vocabulary. When they traveled eastward, they found a valley plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, Come, let ma let's make bricks and bake them until they're hard. So they used bricks for stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower whose top reaches into heaven. So let's make a name for ourselves or else... We will be scattered over the face of the whole land. Then Adonai came down to see the city and the tower that the sons of man had built. Adonai said, look, the people are one and all of them have the same language. So that is what they have, be have begun to do. Now, nothing they plan to do will be impossible. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand each other's language. So Adonai scattered them from there over the face of the entire land, and they stopped building the city. This is why it is named Babel, which Babel in Hebrew means confusion or confounding, because Adonai confused the language of the entire world there. And from there, Adonai scattered them over the face of the entire, uh, of the entire world. So in Parsha Noah, we read this uh, account of the Migdal Bavel, the Tower of Babel. At this point, Scripture tells us all humanity spoke one unified language and everyone could understand everyone else. It has nothing to do with this message per se, but I tend to believe that this original language was in fact Hebrew. But that's aside from the point. They had an idea. Let's build a city, and in the center of the city, let's build a huge tower that can reach the heavens. Everyone was in agreement and everyone was in unity on this idea. However, the reason behind the idea was a little odd. They didn't want to build this tower because they thought it could draw them closer to God. Uh, they didn't want to build this tower because of any great religious or spiritual purpose or ideology. They didn't want to build this tower to better humanity. They wanted to build it to make a name for themselves. To have something to be remembered by, to be known for something. 
I would even go so far as to say that in many ways, the Migdal Bavel was a continuation of the sin that the serpent was able to tempt Eve with. The sin of wanting to be like God, or more specifically, to become a God. Not to be closer to God, not to have a deeper relationship or walk with Him, but rather to become God, to take His place. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that these people had any misgivings that they'd be able to climb to the heavens and dethrone Adonai. In fact, the Torah doesn't even say they were trying to reach heaven per se, as in the location where God dwells. It says they wanted to build a tower that could reach Bashamayim. This Hebrew word is often translated as heavens, but can more specifically and more often simply mean the sky. It is likely that what they were trying to do was build a tower that was very tall and reached into the sky and would be able to be seen for miles on end. This was likely more of a directional landmark that could be seen by travelers, perhaps those who would, dwell, who would travel away from this great city of unity and spread across the land and were looking to come back at some point in the future. They wanted this tower to be seen far and wide so that everyone would know who resided in the city. They wanted to be famous, to be uh, intimidating, to, to be known, to be recognized and feared. They wanted to be like gods to those around them, and so on. Keep in mind, this was not long after the flood. Humanity was rebuilding after being wiped out with the exception of about eight people. Those building the Tower of Babel uh, wanted to be remembered, and perhaps there was even a thought that if the floods came again, climbing into the tower might save them. Of course, this latter is just speculation on my part. What is amazing as we read this passage in, of Genesis uh, chapter 11 is that these people were able to come together in unity. They were able to set apart whatever disagreements they may have had from time to time in order to become one, to be unified, to be in one accord, to be a complex system working together for a common goal. On the surface, this sounds excellent. Why in the world would God have wanted to stop them from being in unity? And the question is key. It wasn't that God didn't want humanity to be in unity. The issue was that in their unity, they weren't seeking after uh, nor rooted in godliness. They weren't being in unity for God's name, His purpose, and His kingdom. They were trying to make a kingdom and a name for themselves without Him. Genesis 11 Verses 5 through 9 again says, Then Adonai came down to see the city and the tower that the sons of man had built. Adonai said, Look, the people are one, and all of them have the same language, so this is what they have begun to do. Now, nothing they plan to do will be impossible. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, uh, confuse their language there, so that they will not be able to understand uh, each other's language. So Adonai scattered them from there over the face of the entire land, and they stopped building the city. This is why it is named Babel, because Adonai confused the languages of the entire world there, and from there Adonai scattered them over the face of the entire world. Unity is the one thing God wants for His people most, but unity in the Ruach, in His Spirit, not unity in our own desires, and most certainly not unity in worldly matters. Much like with Adam and Chava, or Adam and Eve in the garden, Adonai didn't have to come down to see what in the world all the commotion was about. He was already well aware. One might liken this rather to God coming down to look humanity in the eyes when he brings about his judgment. And what was this judgment? He confounded or confused the language. He made it impossible for them to communicate in unity again. 
What brought everyone together as one was that uh, as one was that they could all communicate easily and readily with one another. So God divided the languages, and in this one action, we see the beginning of the development of ethnic people groups, nations, and kingdoms, and so on. Interestingly, so. Uh, if we look back over the totality of history since the Tower of Babel and we see all of the wars and conquests and colonizing the world over and it doesn't matter what ethnic people group we're talking about pretty much every nation at one time or another tried to conquer other nations and lands what was really happening what was really at the root the same heart and mindset as that of the Migdal Bavel to bring unity uh, under those attempting to make a name and history for themselves Every nation, every national conquest at its root is simply a form of the building of the Tower of Babel. It was to this end that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the late Lubavitcher Rebbe, said in following uh, the following in, in 1959, What was their sin? Their motives for building a city with a tower whose top shall reach the heavens seem quite understandable. Mankind was only just reconstructing itself after the flood that had wiped out the entire human race, save for Noah and his family. If fledgling humanity was to survive, unity and cooperation were of critical importance. So they set out to build a common city to knit them into a single community. At its core, at its heart rather, they planned a tower which would be visible for miles, a landmark to beckon to those who had strayed from the city, and a monument to inspire commitment to their common goal, survival. All they wanted was to make for ourselves a name, to ensure the community of the human race, uh, the continuity of the human race. And yet, their project to preserve humanity deteriorated into a rejection of all that humanity stands for, and an open rebellion against the Creator and purpose. Their quest for, hum for unity resulted in the, back the breakup of mankind into clans and factions, and the onset of close to 4,000 years of misunderstanding, of xenophobia and bloodletting across the divisions of race, language, and culture. Where did they go wrong? But precisely that was their error. They saw survival as an end in itself. Let us make a name for ourselves, they said. Let us ensure that, they will be, that, there, that there will be a future generation who will read a, of us in the history books. But why survive? For what purpose should humanity inhabit the earth? What is the content of the name and legacy they are laboring to preserve? Of this they said, though thought and did of this they said, thought and did nothing. To them, life itself was an ideal. Survival itself was a virtue. This was the beginning of the end. No physical system would long tolerate a vacuum, and this is true of spiritual realities as well. Unless a soul or cause is filled with positive content, corruption will ultimately seep in. A hollow name and shrine soon becomes a Tower of Babel. Never has the lesson of the Tower of Babel been more pertinent to our people than it is today, uh, speaking uh, back in 1959. We too are a generation struggling to recoup after a holocaust of destruction that threatened to erase us, the Jewish people, from the face of the earth. Reconstruction and survival are uppermost in our minds, and together, with God's help, we are succeeding. At a time like this, it is extremely important that we not repeat the error of the building, builders of Babel. Rebuild, we must but the objective must be more than a mere uh, than must be more than a more enduring name, a greater city, a taller tower. 
If we are to survive, we must give import, uh, give import to our survival, reiterate the why of our, of our existence. We must fill our name with value, our city with significance, and crown the tower of our resurgence with a higher purpose for which we were created. Powerful words. This is the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, uh, who, who spoke these words in 1959 to uh, a hurting Jewish community uh, who was still suffering, and we still are suffering uh, in, in, in pain from the Holocaust. When we look at the account of the Migdal Bavel, it would appear as though God is against unity. In fact, this appears to be the very reason he confounded the languages and began the 70 nations. Verse 5 through 9 again of Genesis 11. Then Adonai came down to see the city and the tower that the sons of man had built. Adonai said, look, the people are one, and all of them have the same language. So this is what they have begun to do. Now nothing they plan to be to do will be impossible. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand each other's language. So Adonai scattered them from there over the face of the entire land, and they stopped building the city. This is why it is named Babel, because Adonai confused the languages and the entire world there. And from there, Adonai scattered them over the face of the entire world. The people were echad. They were one. They were in unity. And God said, because of this unity, nothing would be impossible to them. So why in the world does it seem like God is against unity? I pose to you that the issue wasn't unity. In fact, unity is one thing God specifically wants for his people. The issue wasn't unity. It was for what purpose they were being united. The purpose of the Tower of Babel was, at its core, idolatrous. They wanted to become gods in their own right. They wanted to make a name for themselves, but that name didn't include B'nai Adonai, or the children of the Lord. They wanted to make a name for themselves separate from the Lord. But as we see with Yeshua's prayer in John 17, unity for his people is not only important to God, it is the key to our being able to spread his name. Not key to making a name for ourselves, it is key to seeing the words we recited earlier at the end of the Elenu, a reality from Zechariah 14.9. Adonai will, be then, will then be king over all the earth in that, name, in that day. Adonai will be Echad and his name Echad. Adonai will be one and his name will be one. John 17, verse 20, Yeshua is praying, and he says, I pray not on behalf of these only, but also for those who believe in me through their, their message, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, and are in me, and I am in you, so also may they be one in us. Why? So the world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you love me. See, unity is key. Not to make a name for ourselves. It's not about see, being seen or putting on a great show. It's not about the huge buildings and tremendous online followings. It's not about the views and clicks. It's not about the total of the Sadaka box or offering plate each week. It's not about any of that. Our unity isn't about us. It's about the world knowing who sent us. It's about the world knowing who is in us. 
Sadly, history has shown us that far too often people have turned the body of Messiah into just another version of the Migdal Bavel, of the Tower of Babel. The name of Jesus has been used to force conversions for the purpose of global conquest rather than for the purpose of an authentic spiritual and heart transformation in the name of Yeshua. History has shown that the body of Messiah has become so divided that we even fight and kill each other because of the lack of unity that we are supposed to find in the Ruach. When I think of these things immediately coming to mind are issues like the Vatican, the historical fighting between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church, between the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. Heck, this fight is even still raging to some degree in Ireland today between the various denominations of evangelical Christianity, and yes, sadly, even with the ver within the various organizations of the Messianic Jewish movement, and between the greater body of Messiah and the Messianic Jewish movement as well. Even here in Congregation Mayim Chaim, we have experienced the pains and anguish of disunity. But what is it Yeshua said in his prayer about unity? I pray not on behalf of these only, speaking of the disciples who were with him, but also for those who believe in me through their message, speaking of you and I 2,000 plus years later who are still following him because of the words we hear and read about in the Besorah, the good news, the gospel of Yeshua. That they all may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, so also may they be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one, I and them and, and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent, the, sent me and loved them as you love me. So if when we are echad Mashiach, one in Messiah, the world sees Adonai in us, who exactly are we showing the world when the body of Messiah is divided? And where exactly does such division come from? Division is of the enemy, the body of Messiah is to be united in Messiah, united in the Ruach, in the Spirit. If we are truly washed clean by the blood of the Lamb, if we are truly transformed in the Ruach HaKodesh, then we should be united in Him. Now, don't get me wrong, the body of Messiah is made up of people coming from vastly different cultures and ethnicities. If we truly believe that every knee will bow and every tongue will proclaim that Yeshua the Messiah is Lord, then we need to understand that the body of Messiah is made up of both Jew and Gentile together as one. And with that will come a hodgepodge of multicultural, multi-ethnic unity. We can look at things from uh, the microcosm of the local congregation. The local congregation, take CMC as an example, is made up of people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. People from all over the country and from other countries as well. Men and women, adults and children, and adults that act like children. And every other mashup we could think of. We don't always all get along. We aren't always all happy with each other. We aren't always in agreement on every little thing. And if you don't believe me, just start a political conversation with any random person in the congregation. But, and here's the kicker, being united in Messiah means to deny self. Being united in Messiah means to deny self. So our personal differences should never be a cause for the break of unity in Messiah. If we are to be united in Messiah, we must be willing to set aside our own differences. We must be willing to set aside, to, to set aside self in order to elevate Messiah in our lives and our communities. 
as you often hear me say, when the outside world looks at us, they should see Messiah first. When we are willing to die to self in order to be united in Messiah, then the body of Messiah will finally be able to live out truly the prayer of Messiah in John 17, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know you sent me and loved them as you loved me. And godly unity is a concept that we see throughout the Word of God. And here are just a few other examples from Psalm 133, which we sing about every week in our Torah service. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity. And if you carry that uh, passage on, the, the, the rest of those, uh, those couple of verses of Psalm 133, it says, it is like, speaking of unity, it is like the precious oil upon the uh, the heads coming down upon the beard, Aaron's beard coming down on the collar of his robe. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For there Adonai commanded the blessing, life forevermore. In other words, when we are as uh, believers in Messiah, as brothers and sisters in Messiah, when we are in unity, it is like a special anointing that comes over us as was over Aaron as the priest of Israel. 1 Corinthians 1.10 Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, through the name of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. Philippians 2, 1-11, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Messiah, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Ruach, if there is any mercy and compassion, then make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, united in spirit with one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish or selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Looking out not only for your own interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah, verse 6, who, through existing, though existing in the form of God, did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at that name, uh, at the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue profess that Yeshua the Messiah is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Colossians 3, 12 through 17, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves in tender compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience bearing with one another and forgiving each other. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord pardoned you, so also you must pardon others. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfect harmony. Let the shalom of Messiah rule in your hearts. To this shalom you will sh were surely called in one body. Also be thankful. Let the word of Messiah dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing the gratitude in your heart, with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Yeshua, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As I prepare to close, I want to go ahead and ask our worship team to make their way back up to the stage.
See, the difference between building the Migdal Bavel in Genesis 11 and the heart of Messiah for his bride to be in unity, as seen in his prayer in John 17, is that those building the Migdal Bavel were trying to make a name for themselves. They wanted the history books to make mention of them. They wanted every, anyone uh, and everyone who would approach them to know who they were. Whereas for the bride of Messiah, we should want to elevate the name of Yeshua alone. We should want to be known by His presence radiating from us, by His Ruach present and active in us. We should desire that when people approach us, they recognize who sent us. Unity is the key to both the accounts of the Tower of Babel and the Yeshua's prayer. But the difference is in who we are united in. The Bible talks often of the importance and power of unity. And, and, and those were just a few examples that we nailed uh, the idea home with earlier, uh, just a couple of minutes ago. And, and I encourage you to take note of those and go back home and spend some time in prayer over what the Lord is saying here. And ask the Lord to reveal to us anything in our lives that is hindering our being in unity and the Ruach with one another and with other believers. And keep in mind, if we are to be in unity we must deny self. Anything in our lives that is causing us to attempt to make a name for ourselves outside of His kingdom, anything that is prohibiting the world around us from seeing who is in us and who sent us, and more importantly, who sent Messiah. Messiah gave His life for us that we may be made new, that we may be made one in Him. And I pray that we begin to see the kind of unity that can only be found in Him revealed in the body of Messiah, and especially in our own congregation here and now, because the world needs Messiah now in a mighty and powerful way. And the world needs to see the unity of Messiah in us, in the body of Messiah, in a, a way that we could have never imagined and thought of, except that we simply get out of God's way. The difference between the Tower of Babel and what Yeshua calls us to is in who and what we are united for and in. We can either be united in Messiah or we can be united in our own purpose. And here's the reality about it. When Messiah returns, he's not coming back for a Catholic bride. He's not coming back for a Protestant bride. He's not coming back for an evangelical bride. He's not coming back for a Messianic Jewish bride. He's not coming back for any of these divisions that exist. He is coming back for the bride of Messiah. And it is time that we, as the bride of Messiah, get our heads out of our own tells. We set aside the things that we allow to keep us divided, which are really our own issues. And we start to walk in unity that can only be found in the blood of Messiah and the presence and power of His Ruach HaKodesh, of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Abba Rachamim, Father of mercies, we worship You, Lord. We thank You for Your blessing, for Your might, for Your power. We thank You for Your uh, sending Your only Son to die for our sins, pouring out His blood that we may be washed clean. Father, we thank You that You have called us to deny self and to pick up your cause, to walk with uh, 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 our own stake following after Messiah. Lord, I ask that uh, here in Congregation Maim Chaim that you will begin a new work in creating even greater unity among us, in creating an even deeper burden to be united in Messiah. Father, that uh, in the greater body of Messiah, we will see a deeper burden for unity. 
Father, I thank you that uh, even in our being in this location, we see the work of unity in Messiah as the relationships that we have intentionally developed with churches in the area uh, are what you are using to bring a blessing upon us even in a time of great sorrow and distress in the midst of our congregation. Father, I thank you that you are wonderful, that you are gracious, that you are loving. And I thank you that you desire nothing more than to use us united as one to see the world around us come to know the truth of your Besorah, the good news of your Messiah. B'Shem Yeshua Meshachinu. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we pray, and everyone says, Amen. And if everyone will please rise for the Birchah Kohanim, <laughs> Shine upon you and be gracious.